Jesus shows up, miracles happen, and we can expect the unexpected. So we're going to read from John chapter 2, 1 to 10. And is it coming up on the screen, Caroline? Yes. So John chapter 2, starting at verse 1 through to verse 10. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They've no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 80 to 120 liters. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. There's a wonderful Christmas song by Clay Aiken called Mary, Did You Know? And one line in the song says, Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? This wonderful account at the beginning of John's Gospel gives us a glimpse of Mary's faith. She did indeed believe that Jesus was Lord of all creation, and she knew that in a moment of need, she could ask him to help. There are a number of interesting features in this account which encourage us to trust Jesus. Jesus... God's son went to a wedding celebration and got involved when things went wrong. They'd run out of wine, which would be extremely embarrassing if it happened nowadays, but back in those times it would have been seen as a complete disgrace to the family. Mary didn't want to stand by and see her friends disgraced, so she stepped up confidently to do something to help, and she knew that Jesus was the one to do it. We can be confident that Jesus is interested and involved in our everyday lives, our celebrations, and our griefs. And we can be certain that when things go wrong in our lives and we run out of resources to cope, we can turn confidently to Jesus and ask for his help. I'm sorry, I'm getting a bit of... Uh... Julia, could you mute your device, please? <laughs> Julia's talking on Zoom. (laughs) 
Uh, right. Mary turned to Jesus for help with the clear expectation that he would help, even though he seems to rebuff her attempts to get him involved. When he says in verse 4, his time has not yet come, he's referring to his ultimate purpose of death and resurrection when he will be glorified by God. It's almost as if he wants to remain quietly unknown for now while he teaches his disciples and only wants to get involved in doing the things that God the Father tells him to do. Mary, however, doesn't give up and confidently tells the servants to do whatever Jesus tells them to do. And Jesus, moved by her faith and confidence in him, chooses to help. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus was always moved by and impressed by those who showed persistence in their faith and who were willing to obey him. It's recorded in John 2.5 that Mary said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. So the miracle happens through the persistence of Mary and the obedience of the servants. The servants do exactly what Jesus tells them to do, without complaining or questioning. I think this encourages us to believe that when we turn to God in moments of need, we must trust and obey whatever instruction the Holy Spirit lays on our hearts. It's not passive faith, it is actually believing and acting to cooperate with Jesus to accomplish what is needed. So why did Jesus decide to do this miracle? It wasn't to reveal to everyone who he was, because actually it was only Mary, his mother, the servants, and his disciples who knew what he had done. The master of the banquet, the bride and groom, and all the wedding guests just thought the wine supplied was exceptionally good, but had no idea it was the result of a miracle. The Gospel writer John tells us that it was the first of Jesus' signs. It was not so much about what was done, but who did it. This miracle was a sign that God's glory rested on Jesus and that God had sent him into the world to show us what God is like. In John 2.11, John writes, This is the first of his miraculous signs that Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. For the disciples who had obeyed Jesus' call to follow him, this miracle caused them to put their faith in Jesus. And indeed, John says at the end of his gospel in John 20, verse 31, that he has recorded the miracles of Jesus as signs to us all, that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, we may have life in his name. Jesus himself said in John 10.10, 10, I have come that you might have life, life in all its fullness. So what can we learn from this encounter between Jesus, his mother, his disciples, and the servants? And we're going to have a few slides now. So slide one. We must believe that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us in all our normal human interactions, at parties, at work, in our homes, when we're sick, when we're happy, when we're sad. He is with us and he is interested in our lives. We must have faith that he can and will help us. 
Mary's faith was unswerving and her faith was rewarded. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We must follow his instructions. Read, meditate on, and study the Bible so that you know what pleases God. In Proverbs 2 verse 6 we read, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. We must turn to Jesus and ask for help. We do this by praying every day. The Lord's Prayer encourages us to pray, give us today our daily bread. It's helpful to write down and record the things that God does for us in our lives to encourage ourselves to trust him more. Keeping a journal with an account of the things that have happened and then looking back can be really encouraging when we're having a tough time. We must share the stories of how God has intervened in our lives as this will help others to trust Jesus. My personal testimony is that Jesus continues to turn up in everyday events and times when our own resources run out. So I'm going to share a few uh, personal stories now and apologies to those of you who may have heard some of this before. A few years ago, my elder son Ben had come back to live with me in Solihull after completing his university degree. I was then a single parent. My younger son had just gone off to university and I was working hard as a ballet teacher trying to make ends meet. Despite having a good degree in maths, Ben was struggling to find a job, and so he took a temporary job in a pub to tide him over until he could get his career started. However, the pub where he got a job was some distance away and not on a bus route. Ben had passed his driving test, so we decided the best thing to do was to try to buy a little second-hand car for him. We decided on a budget, and as I didn't have a clue about how to go about buying a second-hand car, I prayed earnestly to God to help me. We had no luck at the first couple of garages we tried, and we were just standing on the pavement wondering what to do when a man cycling by suddenly jumped off his bike, came over and asked us if we were looking for a car. I said yes, and he proceeded to give us directions to a particular garage and said that we would find the car we needed there. Whereupon, he jumped on his bike and left. We decided to give it a go. And sure enough, when we arrived at this garage, sitting on the forecourt, there was a little car for sale at exactly the amount we'd budgeted for. We bought the car and praised God for his help to us that day. It was such an encouragement to me that God had sent me help when I needed it, that he knew how vulnerable I felt and that he sorted it out for me. It encouraged me to trust God and to step out in other situations where I felt totally out of my depth, but trusted God to supply what was needed. This, however, is not the end of the story. Whilst working at the pub, Ben applied for many jobs for maths graduates, but had no success, and after 12 months, he was feeling very low and discouraged. He was hoping for a job in logistics. I prayed and prayed that God would open a door for him, and one day, he came home from the pub saying that one of the customers at the pub 
who he got to know, owned a logistics company and had offered him a job. We were overjoyed at this answer to prayer. God is good and will help us if we trust him. He doesn't always respond within the timescale we would like, but he is faithful and we have to keep praying and trusting. I'm sure many of you in this room can share stories of God's intervention in your own lives. And it's always good to share these in small group time to encourage others. A more recent example in my own life is that last year, I asked God to lead me to a venue where I could exhibit my paintings as part of Warwickshire Open Studios. When I prayed, I had a picture of Holy Trinity Church Hall in my mind. Later that day, my husband and I decided to go for a walk and we bumped into the curate, Esther, from Holy Trinity, who told me that she was hoping Holy Trinity Church could be used for all sorts of community projects. I mentioned I was looking for a venue for art and she immediately said, please come and use the church for free and just make a donation after the event. The church is a truly beautiful venue, much nicer than the church hall, and I was overwhelmed by God's provision and goodness to me. God meets our needs and quite often supplies something better than we ask for. Holy Trinity Church has also got an amazing recent testimony. The roof was leaking really badly, and they prayed to God about what to do and decided to apply for some grants from local charities. They applied to one charity for a grant of 10,000 and felt a bit embarrassed that they were asking for so much money. But then a check arrived from this charity and it was made out to 100,000 pounds. Esther the curate thought they'd made a mistake and accidentally added on an extra O, so she rang the charity up. But they said that they were so impressed by the vision of the church that they had felt God had prompted them to give 100,000 pounds to the church. God is good and he often supplies over and above what we ask for. Praise him. Hallelujah. So in summary, we need to remember that John recorded this miracle of turning water into wine as a sign to indicate that Jesus truly is the Son of God, sent to give us life in all its fullness. We can use the word sign as an acrostic to help us. So S- Speak to Jesus often. I, invite him to help you. G, go and do what he says. And N, never stop trusting and praying. So I hope that will be a helpful little aid memoir for you. So we're going to go into our small group time now. Um, The new people who've been in the welcome group have now been allocated two groups, but if you don't know which group you're in, Caroline, who's on the desk at the back, will be able to direct you to the right place. And if there are any new people, um, also go and see Caroline, please. Um, There's a sheet uh, for you, I think it's here, um, with the acrostic on there and some questions and some memory verses. So enjoy your small group time. Thank you.